All right, welcome everyone to today's podcast where we're gonna talk about the four ways to reduce hunger so that you can lose weight because that's what it ultimately comes down to. And so right off the bat, you know, a lot of times people think they need to starve themselves, that they have to overcome the hunger in order to lose weight. And what I want you to do is reframe it a bit and start to think about managing your hunger, right? So that you're at a comfortable level of hunger so that then you can make better food choices. If you get too hungry, forget it. You know, like it's not, that's not sustainable. When every cell of your being is screaming out for food, you're not gonna fight against that for long and win, okay? So the smart strategic approach is that you manage your hunger. And so the first thing I wanna recognize is the hunger scale is a kind of concept to, uh, to use. Zero to 10, right? Zero is absolutely starving, 10 is absolutely stuffed. You wanna get yourself to a three, four, that's the sweet spot where you're not really full, but you're comfortable. And from that place, it's much easier to make the right food decisions, okay? So I wanna take you through the um, four, four kind of, I think, helpful ways. Now, I mean, there, there's a lot more ways, but these are kind of the main, the main ways to, to deal with it. So the first thing is relax, okay? That, that's the foundational core piece that's gonna make everything else work on top of it. So when you start to relax, you put yourself into a more calm state. Physiologically, what's going on is that you activate your parasympathetic nervous system as opposed to your sympathetic fight, flight, or freeze response. And so when you're in fight, flight, freeze mode, you're very impulsive, you're usually very hungry, and you have very limited ability to stop yourself. So the first thing is to relax. And again, that's gonna decrease the hunger a bit, but more importantly, it's gonna allow you to be more grounded so that you can think more clearly and make better, better strategic intelligent choices moving forward, okay? So that's the first one. Developing relaxation and making that part of a daily ritual for yourself would be really helpful. So now we're gonna get into what not to do, right? Then I'm gonna follow it up with two things that you should do. So the not to do is something that you probably already know, but I wanna reframe it a little bit differently. And that is to reduce, to eat less sugar, flour, and processed foods, okay? These foods are literally going to make you feel hungrier, okay? So um, it's really important that, oops, excuse me, that, uh, that you realize that sugar, flour, and processed foods all make you hungrier. And so sugar, it's just a concentrated powder that makes you hungry and it lights up your pleasure centers. Um, and the other things are that uh, the flour is the same thing. It spikes your blood sugar and it's very addictive and it causes you to overeat. And then processed food usually is using flour and sugar anyways, but processed food, you have to understand that those foods are created in a lab by people that their main goal is to get you to eat as much as possible of it, all right? So um, you really want to consume as little as possible of flour, sugar, and processed foods. The less of those you eat, the less hungry you're going to be, okay? And then the easier it is to make um, the right food choices, okay? So now what to do, right? What, what can you do to manage your hunger? And I want to reframe this a little bit different. I'm actually going to give you three things instead of just two. Um, and all of these things, if you start doing them, they're going to most likely cause you to feel less hungry because you're probably walking around um, feeling hungry because you're not getting these three things in your body regularly. So the first one is water. So a lot of times our body will misinterpret thirst for hunger because in a natural environment, we used to eat a lot of our water, right? Because wa you know, foods in the natural environment have a lot more higher water content. 
So a lot of times we can misinterpret that. So as you start drinking more water and you know getting yourself the water you need, the hydration levels you need, a lot of times you find that hunger level is going to go down. Um, the next thing is that you want to eat more whole natural foods because they have more micronutrients in them, right? So we know that if you don't eat enough calories, you get a hunger signal, right? Your body says, let's eat more food. We need more calories. Same thing is happening if you're not getting the micronutrients you need, right? So if you're just eating a highly processed diet and you're not getting those micronutrients that are in fruits, vegetables, greens, beans, then you're going to feel hungry. Your body's going to send a signal, come on, we need to eat more because it still thinks it's in a natural environment where you're going to eat you know, high quality um, foods with a lot of micronutrients in it. So a lot of people are almost starving themselves because they're not getting the micronutrients they need and they're getting that constant hunger signal being generated, okay? Now, the final thing you can do to help you manage your hunger is to eat more fiber. Right? So again, eating more natural whole foods is going to benefit you in a lot of ways, specifically higher water content, more micronutrients in your body, and more fiber. And this fiber one is crucial. Again, if we look at processed foods, the thing you're going to see that's been stripped out of them compared to natural foods is the fiber. Fiber does not process well. So you're going to find that when you're not eating much fiber, you feel hungry, right? especially if it's a flour, sugar, processed food diet you're eating. And so what the fiber does is you don't absorb it, um, but it helps you in three key ways. The first thing is that the calories are binded to the fiber. So it's a slower release of calories in your body. So it's slower blood sugar levels, and that's better for your hunger because you're not getting that spike and then the crash. Um, the next thing is that because the calories are binded to the fiber, sometimes those calories pass right through you without you never even absorbing them. But the third one's the most important piece. Again, as I said, the fiber is not absorbed in your body. So what happens is it stays in your intestinal tract and it activates the ileal break, the colon break. And when you have fiber in your intestines, it literally signals to your brain and body that you're full. Okay, that's the natural of order, order of things. In the natural environment, you'd be eating a lot of fiber and you'd have this fiber in your intestines and it makes you feel more full. A lot of times what we can eat now is really almost just powders. I mean, you eat a muffin or a bagel, it might seem chewy to you, but think about it. It's all made out of powder. So you put that in your body and it's absorbed quick and there's nothing that lingers compared to fiber. So if you start doing these things, if you start reducing and cutting down on the sugar, um, flour and processed foods, and you start drinking more water, you start eating more natural foods so that you're getting a micronutrients needs met and you're consuming more fiber, you're going to find that you reduce your hunger and you feel more satisfied. And when that's the case, it becomes so much easier to make the right food choices, okay? Stop fighting against your hunger. Stop thinking you need to starve yourself and be really hungry to lose weight. You don't. You need to manage your hunger so that you get your hunger up to a comfortable level in the day and you maintain that. And you'll notice that when you feel, again, uh, somewhat satisfied, your brain works differently. You know, you're able to make better decisions, you're able to see things differently. When you go into really hungry mode, when you're starving, you think completely different. And it is very difficult, if not impossible, to control your eating when you feel that way, okay? So start working with yourself strategically instead of fighting against yourself. And I think you're gonna find that it makes losing weight and mastering your weight ultimately much, much easier, all right? Um, so if anyone has any questions, feel free to ask them. Again, we're talking about, so let's say they have connections. So I'm assuming you can hear me now. Can you guys hear me? Because I know um, I usually have a little microphone set up, but I think I didn't set them up right this time. So I don't think they showed up, so.
I'm going to assume you all can hear me right now. But yeah, if you got any questions, any questions about, uh, this a little closer so you can hear me, about any weight loss, feel free to ask it. Ah, oh, yes, I can. Thank you. I appreciate it. Let me know that. Well, yeah, here we are Monday, right? So I don't know. What, what are people doing? I always like, I love getting on here on Mondays and Sundays. Just get on here. What are some high fiber foods? Yeah, great question. Um, I'll, I'm going to say this. I'm going to tell you what they are. But but I do, I also want you to get you thinking more that it's not just about eating high fiber foods. It's just eating more fiber full foods. And so it doesn't have to be like just the highest ones, but just more working it into your rotation. So it's kind of a normal, a normal thing. Um, and someone asked, how do I curb cravings? This is the same stuff. You know, the same things that will help you deal with cravings is the same thing that's going to help you manage your hunger. And, um, you know, the, the short, you know, the short of it is that the more whole natural foods you eat. So what foods are, are some high fiber foods? Um, fruits, vegetables, greens, beans are really big ones. Okay. Um, so literally any of them, any, any fruits, any vegetable, uh, pretty much any greens, all the beans, legumes, nuts. Right. Um, now, some have more fiber than others, but any of these are going to be beneficial to you for a number of reasons. The fiber is real helpful. Um, and then, you know, the the increased fiber in your in your gut, it, it is transformative, literally transformative. Don says, well, Jim had too many Starbursts yesterday, but move it on. Oh, yeah, for sure. Right. That's it, just part of the process. So I just ate McDonald's. All right. How was it? I haven't eaten McDonald's. Good Lord. I've not eaten McDonald's in 30 years. God, I used to go crazy. You know, my, my thing was the chicken sandwiches <laughs> in my life. Like they used to do the thing. I don't know if they do it anymore, but they would do two, two for two, right? It'd be like two chicken sandwiches for $2. And, um, that was like a freaking that was like holiday season for me. That was like the most exciting thing in the world for me, but haven't eaten there in a while. And, um, yeah, and that's the thing too. Like, I mean, McDonald's is the king of it all, but it's any processed food, you know, we're getting to the point. You got to read about this stuff. You wouldn't imagine, you wouldn't even imagine the stuff that we're up against food wise. You wouldn't imagine it. I wouldn't imagined it. And I, my head's in this stuff for 30 years, but I remember reading, read this book, Salt, Sugar, Fat, The End of Overeating. There's a couple of them. I can't remember the names, but those two specifically. And when they go into the details of what these food companies do to make their food as addictive as possible, because that's what they're doing, right? They're in the business of selling food. And, um, it's fascinating because it's like, you know, as, as an American, you'd be like, geez, I just ate. How am I hungry again? Why am I always hungry? I'm always eating. And I think a lot of times we have this mistaken idea that's the calories that are filling us up. And it is not. The calories are not satisfying you. You have to understand that, you know, because otherwise you're like, geez, I keep eating, but I'm always hungry. Yeah, because you're not getting the micronutrients. You're not getting the fiber. And you're, you know, again, let's just compare fiber to like a McDonald's, a roll, you know what I mean? Like a, like a burger um, bun, right? That thing is like so engineered. You wouldn't believe this stuff. I don't, I, Cause I never like, it's like the things I got to do a lesson on this, but like some of the things that they're looking to track mouthfeel has a huge impact on how addictive something is, how it feels in your mouth right away. Cause what your brain and body want is they want fast calories, fast, fast calories is what your brain loves. So when you think about like foods that taste good, right? Why does a food taste good to you? Right? This is kind of fascinating to me, right? Cause it's like a lot of times I don't think about that, but why does something taste good? Because the same things taste good to humans pretty much across the board. Right. And what are those things? Typically it's sugar, um, kind of high fat foods, butter, 
right? Ice cream, right? These high fat things. And so what's going on is that your body and brain want calories. Do you know what I mean? Like again, because we, we've all evolved in a food scarce environment, you know? So anything that has a lot of calories in it or that, that signals that it has a lot of calories in it, our brain releases dopamine as soon as it goes into our mouth. And so our body's not just tasting it. It's analyzing how much calories are in it almost instantly. And so to, to bring this up, up, to bring this home, um, they did a study where they put a, a, a tube into a mice's stomachs and they put different foods into it. So they weren't tasting it. And what they found is that when they put high calorie foods into the stomach, their brains were releasing more dopamine. So without even tasting it, you see what I mean? The main thing that, that your body's analyzing for is calories. That's what keeps you alive, right? And so it's not a surprise that like the experience you have with a cookie is a lot different than the experience you have of a carrot. Right? I mean, they're two completely different experiences you have. You say, well, the cookie tastes better. Well, the cookie tastes better because your brain is releasing all those feel-good chemicals because there's so much more calories in it, you know? So it's fascinating knowing that. And so there are, they, they've, they've drilled down. There's other factors that signal that. So mouthfeel, meltdown, bliss point, um, sensory, uh, they want to make it hyper palatable. So there's all these different factors that trigger us to overeat and they've got it down to a science literally. So if you're eating a lot of processed foods and you're struggling with weight loss, your ability to lose weight while eating those same foods is going to be really hard. I'm not gonna say impossible, but you're really setting yourself up for failure. Um, if you want to lose weight, I believe you have got to shift the quality of your food, you know, because otherwise it just becomes a willpower game. You know, and you've got your entire body and brain working against you, you know, when you're eating those foods. So anyways, um, I fed my parrot organic fruit and vegetables every day. Guess I need to start eating some. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Um, it just changes everything. What's your opinion on 1200 calories a day for a woman? 30s, 5'5", 131 pounds. Um, my opinion is I don't like. I don't like the calorie thing as the primary focus, you see? So I just made a video on this. Now I get to expand on it a little bit, which I'm glad to. Because um, that's the frustrating thing about TikToks, I'll say. I love making them, but it's like you got to kind of make them kind of quick and snappy. And so you kind of overstate things. You know what I mean? They're just kind of, they're not like well thought out things, right? I just made one about sleep vacation. And it's like, it's so annoying reading all the comments about it. It blew up. It, it went viral. Um, that's cool, but it's like, it's so annoying the comments on it, you know, and, and fair enough the comments. Cause I just kind of overstate things. I didn't explain them, but anyways, let me explain some things here. I don't like leading with the calories first. So what I mean by that is that, um, and that was the video that, that your weight loss is less a math problem of figuring out the calories than it is a psychology problem of how to get yourself to do things consistently. So I'm always really oriented towards the pattern based process of weight loss, looking at your day-to-day, week-to-week patterns of behavior. And in the program, Program Yourself Then, we really focus on the worst habit you have, the worst eating habit that's responsible for the extra weight. And we focus on that. So without even knowing any calories, you know what I mean? If you say, well, I snack at night, or I overeat at dinner, or I snack in the afternoon, whatever, you know, um, what habit is showing up regularly? And we aim all of our energy and focus on that, you know? And, um, I like that better because it's set up for long-term success. You know, as soon as you start micromanaging your calories, you get into this weird place, you know, 
Um, calories don't mean anything to your brain. Like, I mean, they, they do in the sense that we want to eat a lot of calories, but in terms of measuring calories, that's a, it's a new thing. You know what I mean? So it's like, it's, it's just kind of hard. So I'd rather focus more on the, the quality of it. But what's my opinion on 1200 calories a day? I'll get to the point of it. Um, I think it's, if it's a fine place to kind of aim at, but it really depends on how your experience of that is. So what I know is that a lot of people, when they're not doing their weight loss thing, they're not tracking their calories at all. The average American is consuming 2,700 calories a day. Okay. The average diet's got you cutting down to 1200 or so calories. That's a 50, 60% reduction. So right off the bat, I hate that because that's too much for anyone to stick with. And so I know everyone's impatient. No one can do it slow, but it's like, how many times can you cut 50% of your calories off, do it for a couple of days and then not be able to stick with it? How many times are you going to do that? How many times you already done it? <laughs> okay. So, so 1200 calories. A day. So you want, I know I want to just give you a simple answer, but I can't because it's dependent. If you can go to 1200 calories a day and it feels like a breeze, well, great. Stick with it. You know, if you go to 1200 calories a day and it feels like you're ready to kill someone and it's really hard and you hate it and it's miserable, then please stop doing it. What's the point? Cause so you lose some weight and then you put it back on because you can't stick with it. My whole career <laughs> is working with people that have lost weight and then put it back on because they couldn't stick with it. And so I help them shift from weight loss to weight mastery. And weight mastery says, crazy. And again, I don't know where you're starting from. You know what I mean? So it's hard for me to really answer this without like more context. But let's just say you were on average consuming 2,400 calories a day. You know, why 1,200? Because you're so impatient. You know, why not go to 2,000, 1,800? Something that feels more manageable and sustainable. It doesn't freak you out, you know? And then do that for a month or two and then see what the weight loss is and work on strategies to make it easy to do that. You know, I'm always oriented towards long-term and everyone in the diet mind says, wait, just want instant results. And it's that instant short-term focus that's fucking you up more than anything else. It's like, you're not even in the game. I don't even, I don't even take most people serious when it comes to weight loss because they're not serious. They're like little kids that are just impatient. You know, I always use the example. It's like if a kid, if you had a kid, an eight-year-old kid, and you said, I want him to learn piano. And you say, come on, I want you to, I'm going to get you lessons for piano. And the kid goes, well, I'll do it for two weeks. And if I'm not good, then I'm going to quit. Like, would you say to that kid? Yeah, that's, that's, you should think that way. That's a smart way to think. Or would you say, no, no, relax. It takes a little while. You got to stick with it. Right. Which would you say? You know, you'd say the stick with it, but then look at yourself with the weight loss. And you're just like that little kid. If you don't get results in a couple days or a couple weeks, you're going to quit. You know, so you got to do these extreme things to get quick results and they just don't last. And I don't blame you because you're just conditioned from the diets to think that way. But it's, it's, I'm here telling you now, wake the fuck up and stop doing it. Just cut it out. <laughs> I mean, cause it's never going to work. Here we are on Monday. You know what I mean? Like the magic Monday, because there's going to be this magical Monday when all of a sudden you're able to live at 1200 calories a day forever. I, you know what I mean? Like, so again, I, I'm kind of going off here and I don't, I don't, I wish I could just give you a simple answer, but I don't have a simple answer. You know, 1200 calories for most people is unsustainable and miserable. It's a shitty quality of life. And so no one wants to do it. So they don't stick with it. So what do I think about it? I think it depends on what your response to it is. Um, let's see, let me get these questions here. I've had way more success removing numbers from this journey. No calories, no protein, eat well. Yeah. I, I, I like that too. Again, I definitely, definitely suggest a more intuitive approach to managing and mastering your weight. And I'm not saying, I think there's a time and place for the numbers. I like using numbers tracking as a calibration tool, you know, because I think a lot of people underestimate what they're eating. 
And if you can't see it, you can't fix it. And so I think it's good to like measure your food for a couple of days or a couple of weeks just to see where you're at. Because, you know, the, the typical things you eat, you know, you just measure them and just look at the calories and the nutritional information. Be like, oh, I get it. You know, oh, shit. I, I'm eating twice that. Oh, you know. And so I think it's good for that. But to build your life around measuring your food, counting your calories seems so miserable to me. And it's unnecessary. You know, because the alternative approach is that you take a pattern oriented approach. What are your rituals and routines? You know, so it's like I'm more about what I help people in the program in is we structure your eating. So you're eating in a similar way week after week. And once you get that down, then when you want to lose weight, you can be strategic. You can look at how you typically eat and choose where you want to cut some calories out. I, I find this to be a much more effective approach you know, than this very conscious willpower. I'm going to count every calorie and track that. Who does this work for? <laughs> I haven't yet to met, I, I do, I have met these people. There's a couple of them that does work for, but it's not most. What if I can't be hypnotized? Everyone can be hypnotized, okay? You are always hypnotizing yourself, okay? Every time you watch a movie or a TV show, you're in a state of hypnosis. Hypnosis is just the process of influencing your subconscious mind. So why do you like watching TV and movies? Why do you like it? right? Because it feels good. You're sitting there in a passive state. You're just absorbing whatever you're watching and you're imagining that you're in that situation. You're vicariously experiencing it and you're having an experience. That's what hypnosis is built on, that your imagination can create physiological effects. You can sit there on the sofa and watch sports and you're literally releasing adrenaline into your body. You know, so what hypnosis does is it utilizes this process. You are always in your head talking to yourself, so your internal dialogue. And if you're overweight, You've got an internal dialogue that's making you overweight because you're constantly programming yourself to be overweight. I promise you, okay? Um, is it an all or nothing thing you think, like mostly clean eating, but coffee make creamer with coffee? <laughs> um, I think everyone's all or nothing. And I think that's, again, there, I, I know I always say I gotta make this video and I really gotta commit to it because it would just summarize a lot. Um, but there's your mindset, if you're watching this and you're struggling to lose weight, it's almost guaranteed without even knowing you, you have a dieter mindset. You think like a dieter from, from millions of dieting ads that you've been exposed to. And so um, you think that like a dieter. And so the, the core part of think like a dieter is that you think I'm going to do something temporary. I'm going to diet until I lose the weight. So you think of losing weight as a temporary thing. And because you think of it as a temporary thing, that causes all sorts of kind of it's like a rushing nesting, Russian nesting doll, you know? The outer one is that it's temporary. And then we start moving in. If it was temporary, then shit, I'm just going to do it. I'm going to do it, and I'm just going to do it perfect, and I'm going to get it over with. And now we get into the all-or-nothing thinking. And so dieters are notoriously all-or-nothing. And um, that's a big problem. So in our program, we always say be all-or-something. Program yourself then. All-or-something. That's a much better strategy. Um, but you know, listen, it, it's all about balance. So if you love the coffee made creamer, if that's one of the best things you eat all day, then I suggest you keep that and start figuring other things you can cut to keep it. You see, so in program yourself, then everything's built around your pleasure. What do you find to be the most pleasurable thing that you eat or put into your body? Let's, let's start with that. Let's keep that. <laughs> right? The weight loss is starting to get rid of all their favorite stuff. It's just so, it's so asinine backwards. Like you can't, you don't realize it because you're in it. You're literally entranced. You're literally in a hypnotic trance to think like a dieter. I, I can't make it any clearer than that. And, um, you know, I, I just got to snap people out of it most of the time. That's what I end up doing, you know, with my career now. I was going to be hypnotizing people, right? But I'm snapping people out of being in trances. And so, um, yeah, you, you know, you build around your pleasure. You, this is the most pleasurable thing you can do is to lose weight. I really, I believe that because it's not just about weight loss. It's about becoming the best version of yourself possible. 
You know, it's the most enjoyable thing you can possibly do. But people approach weight loss like someone's got a gun to their head, you know? And I know why, because, you know, at this point, most people can't separate weight loss from dieting. And so, well, if I'm going to lose weight, I got to give up all my favorite foods. I'm going to be really strict and it's going to be really hard. And I get really annoyed and frustrated because I can't emotionally eat anymore. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah, that's a shitty way to do it. And yet you keep doing it. (laughs) You know, so I just get on here and try to show other people to do it. Um, Uh, green nut pods aren't doing it for me. <laughs> what are nut pods? Uh, yeah. Hey man, I relapsed. What did I say? Hey man, I relapsed. Whoops. I relapsed a little bit. What do I tell myself today? Okay. I love this question so much. This is one of the cornerstone. The program yourself thin program is really built around the program yourself thin technique, which is actually two techniques. It's the redo technique and the rehearsal technique. So we look back over today and we correct something that we're not happy with. So let's just say you relapsed a little bit. Fine. And the beauty of this is that in the program, we don't give a shit if you mess up. We take all that pressure off because guess what? You're going to mess up all, all the time. Two big reasons. You're a human being. You've been eating like shit probably for a while. I don't know where you're at. You know, everyone's at a different spot, but you ain't perfect. I'm not perfect. I'm never perfect. I string together a couple days. God, I never string together more than a week because I always take the weekend is pleasure eating for me, but it's... um. You ain't going to be perfect with your reading. Like, you're just not. So how are you going to deal with relapses, mistakes, you know what I mean, overeating, all this stuff? That's the cornerstone. That's the most important question. I always say the key skill of mastering your weight is to be able to get back on track quickly. So great question. So what do you say? You have to have a process of learning from it. That's, again, in the program, we always do that. So it's like we have a process. We have a good day or a bad day. You just come back to the same process, you know? It's kind of like brushing your teeth. Yeah, you ate great, no sugar. You ate sugar, gives a shit. Here you go, brush your teeth. To start over. And so this redo rehearsal technique, we, we identify mistakes we made and we learn and grow from them. That's part of the process because mistakes are your greatest teachers. And so what do you tell yourself? You say, okay, going back in time, knowing what I know now, um, if I could have been the person I wanted to be in that situation, the best version of me in that situation, what would I have done differently? You know, And you start thinking on the solution because what most people do when they make a mistake, they do one of two things. They either go into denial, I'm never going to do that again, mm-hmm. or they beat themselves up. And what beating themselves up does is they just keep replaying the same movie over and over, programming it in deeper. So what we want to do is we find a solution. What can you do differently in that scenario? Because so much of your bad eating runs in patterns, right? You'll, if, you, if you take a step back, which is another key component, you take a step back and look at your eating, you're going to start to notice there's patterns that you're, you're overeating, you're eating the wrong foods isn't happening all the time. It's happening at night on the sofa. Um, on the car ride home from work, um, at dinner. It, it's very specific. It's very contextually specific because your subconscious mind works through association. And so environmental cues trigger you to behave and overeat in specific scenarios. Hope that makes sense. And so it's about kind of reprogramming yourself to show up differently in those scenarios. And it takes practice. Imagine that, right? For you to lose weight takes practice. You need to practice being the person you want to be. You can't just all of a sudden tomorrow just be, oh, that's it. No, you know what? I decided I'm going to lose weight. I mean, what? You don't even talk about like having no contextual understanding, no granular understanding of what change actually means. If you think you're just going to start one day and just be a thin person, it's it's the goofiest shit. It's like saying you're going to start being a piano player tomorrow. You might start practicing to be a piano player, but you're just going to be a piano player tomorrow. I'm just going to start speaking Spanish tomorrow. It sounds so stupid, doesn't it? But what, you're just going to be a thin person tomorrow? You're just all of a sudden going to change all of your eating? 
<laughs> you know, they estimate you make two, over 200 food decisions a day. And they're all subconscious. So you just think you're just going to magically become a different person tomorrow. Why? It just, it just reveals a complete and utter lack of understanding of what you're dealing with psychologically. Thanks, Todd. You know what I mean? Like you have no real concept of your mind. You don't know you have a conscious and a subconscious mind. And if you don't know that, I don't even know what you're doing. Well, I do know what you're doing. You're trying to willpower yourself to a new body. And it has never worked long-term. You've been able to, when you're really motivated, you have some big thing coming up, you know, then sometimes you're able to do it. But um, it doesn't last. I just wouldn't be here, you know? And so that willpower approach has never worked. And yet, you know, I don't know. As humans are, we're smart and stupid all at the same time. You know what I mean? But it's like that, they got that saying, right? The definition of insanity is doing the same thing, expecting a different result. But when it comes to weight loss, we, we must all be crazy. <laughs> Because people just keep on doing the same thing. So yeah, don't worry about relapsing. Just learn from it, okay? Look back on it, learn from it. Hey, I'm so skinny now. I love you. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I'm the opposite. I know it's not instant. It's long-term. That's the daunting part of it. Is that the daunting part of it? Okay, there's the reframe. Because let me ask you, how long do you want to keep the weight off for? You know? Again, you've got to get off the weight loss train and get on the weight mastery train. Weight mastery is forever. How long do you want to keep the weight off for? You're never practicing being a thin person. You're practicing being a fat person who loses some weight for a little while. That's what a diet or mindset is, you know? And at some point you've got to practice, how do I be a thin person? Because the, the, the weight loss thing is very black and white, very all or nothing. And that's what you keep getting stuck in. And the all times feel, every day of being all, being perfect feels like months. And every day of being nothing feels like an hour. You know, so you just, you're screwed with that all or nothing mentality. You'll never succeed with that long-term, you know? So you got to learn to, you really did a different mindset. It's all mindset, you know, ultimately. Um, oh, look at that. Cool. That's a cool little heart, heart shooter. I like that. Oh, and this bunch of questions. Uh, Dr. Pepper. <laughs> yeah. We'll just get in here and just really, I ate McDonald's. M&M's. Most pleasurable thing to put in my mouth was cigarettes, but I'm off the cig 76 days. Hey, congratulations. That's great. So let me put, let me, you, you kind of mentioned that and I want to build on that because it brings up a good point that um, one of the core differences with, with program yourself then is the approach that that's so different than dieting because dieting is really built around what you have to stop doing. I'm going to stop eating sugar. I got to stop overeating. I got to stop eating so many calories. I got to stop being overweight. I got to stop binging. I got to stop snacking. It's all about what you have to stop doing. And what happens is you create a vacuum of what am I supposed to do? You're never training your subconscious mind what to do. Who do you want to be? We know you don't want to be overweight. We know that. But who do you want to be? And you never spend any time on this. You know, and so with the cigarettes as well, like again, you, you've let go of that. You got 70, 76 days in. It's a great time to start focusing on who you want to be. Really start connecting, clarifying, connecting with that identity of being a non-smoker. And I would stack on top of that, becoming healthier as well, you know, and utilizing that. I want to be a person who's control of my health, who feels good, is connected to my body, who feels relaxed, who feels successful, who takes their health serious and puts it front and center and commits to it. You know, and again, you go on and on and on, but this is the hypnosis. All hypnosis is self-hypnosis. You are all hypnotizing yourself all day, all night, have been, always will. There's no way around it. Don't you know that, do you know what I'm talking about? The internal dialogue, the voice in your head, that's what's keeping you overweight. 
you need to create a new voice in your head. Cause right now you probably, let me guess, right? Cause I always like this shit. Cause it's like, I know your brain better than you do. That's what I'm telling you. I'm just saying it right out loud. And if you're struggling with your weight, there's a very good chance that in your mind, you've got a voice that's very, very critical and negative of you. It's probably a parent voice. You know, now you can have a good parent, but they could have been a pain in the ass with the weight or the food or the exercising or how you looked. And so they talked to you and they, and they made you feel like shit. And now you've internalized that voice. And now you have a voice in your head that is just absolutely withering. It just, it's mean, negative. It's a bully. It makes you feel like shit. And it's got you stuck. And you don't even know where to go. And so what I help people do is create a new voice in their head. One that helps hypnotize them to get the results they want, you know? And so in essence, you learn to, it's almost like learning a new language in a way. It's easier, but it's like that, where you're learning to speak to yourself in new ways, you know? And it's really built around who you want to be, what you want to do in your life, how you want to look, how you want to feel, how you want to behave. You're not spending time on that because you're fixated on what you want to stop doing. Because that's front and center. It's, it's right there. You, got, you have a problem-oriented mindset where you're constantly, at least the people in my program, we're all overthinkers. And what happens is you're just constantly cycling through what's wrong with you, trying to figure it out. Because you think as soon as you figure it out, everything's just magically going to change. I'm here to tell you it's not. You know, it's like, it's like if you sat around saying, God damn it, why don't I play the piano? How come I never played the piano? And imagine all of a sudden you figure it out. Oh, oh, that's why. Well, you ain't no better off at playing the piano. You know what I mean? And the same thing's going on with your weight. You're obsessed with the thought because you think you have this cognitive breakthrough that changes everything. And you're addicted to it. Think, is that not what you do? <laughs> I know it is because I know your mind better than you do. You know? So you got to change it. You got to take all that energy, all that mental energy and stop trying to analyze the problem. Instead, put all that energy into finding the solution. Focusing on how you want to feel, who you want to be. You need to make that, that becomes the norm, the new loops running. And it, that's what generates all the pleasure. Because again, losing weight and being the person you want to be is the most pleasurable thing you can do in your entire life. More pleasurable than winning the lottery. It's the greatest thing in the world, you know, to really feel good, to be happy with yourself, to feel balanced, to feel in control of how you're eating and your behaviors and how you're living. Do you know what I mean? I'm not just talking about how you look. Do you see what I mean? I'm talking about this inside out, being the person you want to be, freedom from all the bullshit, freedom from that fucking voice. Don't you want that, you know? That's what I'm talking about. It's bigger than just losing weight. Um, nut pods are healthy, clean creamers. Oh, okay, I got you. Sure. Yeah. Then you hold on to them. You know what I mean? Again, it's, them creamers aren't the thing that are keeping you overweight or losing weight, you know? How to beat sugar addiction, cold turkey? Uh, maybe. You know what I mean? Like, like I don't know. Let me put it this way. Maybe, right? There's three R's of weight loss. Reduce, replace, remove. Now, most people when it comes to weight loss just want to remove. Just, I'm just going to get rid of it right? Because that's going to be the fastest results. But that's also the hardest one to do. It's there for you if you want to do it. Go ahead. But if you try to remove something completely and it doesn't work, guess what? You got some other options. Stop being so all or nothing. Christ, what's better off in life with less options and choices, right? And so if you try removing and it doesn't work, then recognize you can replace it with some uh, healthier sweetener, um, something with less sweets in it, half the sweets that you normally eat. Um, and then, then that's the reduce piece is just consume less of it. Same thing, but just eat less of it. You know, so you got options. Again, the key thing is we want to be strategic, strategic. Don't just be willpower based. That's what's gotten you in this trouble in the first place. 
you know, is you're trying to, you know, the only tool, right? They say like, the only tool you got is a hammer. Everything looks like a nail. The only tool you've got for weight loss is willpower. You know, let's be honest, you know, and you don't even know what willpower is. It's just, you think it's this, you think of it as like this non-physical force that you can just tap into and use, you know, do you even know what willpower is? It would be helpful if you did. Okay. You got to think your willpower like a muscle. It's a prefrontal cortex process. And it's when you, you wear out very quickly, you know? And so if you're relying on your willpower, it's pretty much never going to help you long-term. It's a short-term thing. Um, Don says, I took this one day at a time now, rarely overdo it. Yeah, that's what I mean. It doesn't have to happen all at once. If you want to do it all at once, go ahead. If it doesn't last, then do something different. You know? Again, that's the point. Program yourself then. It's always like a response to what's going on. So there's no like, you know what I mean? Like so much with the diet, people say, okay, this is what I'm going to do. You know, I'm going to do this. This is, this is it. No carbs, ketosis. That's what I'm going to do. You know, well, what if you feel like shit? I'm going to do this. I'm going to fast. I'm going I'm to fast 16 hours a day and take two days off of eating. Okay. But what if you feel like shit? I'm going to do this. This is how I'm going to lose weight. It's healthy for me. Okay. <laughs> well, what if it doesn't work? What if you, what if you, you intend to do it? And then you don't stick with it. What about that? Then I got to do it. Then I'm a bad person. I have no willpower. I'm going to do it again. You know what I mean? That's that's the diet mindset, you know? It's just completely devoid of any, like, connection to your body and mind and what's going on, you know? You're just trying to ignore it and just trying to force yourself to act in a way that you don't want to do, right? And then when you've done this for decades, you get to a point where it's like all you do is think about losing weight and you don't actually do anything to make it happen because you don't want to do any of the diets because you hate them. And now you're just stuck. That's where people come to me, you know? Whole new approach. But it's like this idea that you're just going to force yourself one day to just do it. I don't know how long you're going to keep that up for. <laughs> you know, it don't work. People think it works, but don't. I just failed and ate Olive Garden. Um, I mean, you know, again, in the program, you know, we, we say there's no failures, only feedback. It's a core NLP presupposition. Probably one of the most valuable ones there is on any of them. You know, who gives a shit if you ate Olive Garden? You, you know what I mean? Like, if, if you learn something from it, you know? If you don't learn anything, maybe you just, oh, I ate a Olive Garden. Oh, God, there I go again. Bad me, stupid me. I want to lose weight. I went to Olive Garden because I'm a weak, shitty person. Whatever you say, and I know, I know the things people say to themselves is the meanest stuff anyone says to anyone ever, anywhere. You know, I know that, you know? And you think, yeah, I wouldn't say that to someone else, but I got to be hard with myself. I'm the perfectionist. I demand the perfection from myself. You know, meanwhile, your life's littered with imperfection. I don't know who you're fooling, you know. Perfection is just a sneaky way to like, you know, procrastinate, you know. Don't be a perfectionist. If Stop stop identifying as that. <laughs> Anyways, I just failed in eight Olive Garden. I wouldn't consider it a failure if you learned something from it. Um, great info. Thank you. You're welcome, Autumn. I think we call you the brain man. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> That's funny. Um, I'm going to talk about something. I just, I want to, I want to respond. I made a sleep vacation video and it, like I said, it makes me nuts because TikToks are 20 seconds long. You know what I mean? So it's like how, and I talk for hours at a time, you know, so it's, it's hard. It's hard to summarize that shit, but I wanted to talk about the sleep vacation thing. Cause obviously I overstate things. I take the responsibility for that, but, um, I get, I get one of two things people saying to me. The first one is, well, I'm a mom. Let me let my, cause the sleep vacation, I said, Hey, it's when you take a week and you just sleep as much as you can, you know, sleep in as late as you can go to bed as early as you can take naps whenever, you know, possible. And, um, people say, Oh yeah, well, tell them you ever had a kids, all the rest of it. And I, I do have kids. And, um, this idea of a sleep vacation was born out of my second one who was not a great sleeper. And, um, 
I was he the first one was very easy, you know, in terms of sleep. She just slept, you know, that was easy. Second one was definitely harder. Uh, just emotionally, it was, it was a more triggering kid. He slept kind of shitty. And so it was really exhausting. And it was kind of a, a stressful time of life. We moved into a house. We redid the whole thing, run a business, whatever. So, um, you know, years and years of getting depleted, um, I was exhausted, you know. And uh, so anyways, I, I, it was years of being depleted. I think parents don't take this into account. That's what I felt bad about the video it bothered me because, of course, I'm, I'm sensitive to parents. This is what this was for. I actually, the sleep vacation idea came from talking with a client of mine who is a parent and has been for almost 20 years. So if you've been a parent for at least the first 10 years, never mind getting through the first year. Oh, now everything's back. No, 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 no. The first seven, eight, nine, 10 years in, in a typical situation, you're, you're ending that 10 years way depleted most likely. You know, and so the idea of the sleep vacation is just to catch up on your sleep. It's not to force yourself to lay in bed all day. You know what I mean? It's to, it, there's a good chance, a very good chance that you are sleep deprived. If you live in America, right, they estimate the majority of Americans are sleep deprived. So there it is. And so um, the idea of the sleep vacation is really more of a philosophy. I did not put this out in the, in the video, but the idea is that you take a week it's arbitrary. I mean, it could be three days, whatever, but you take some time and you dedicate it to sleeping where you go to bed earlier. And what I meant by that is because that's one of the big lessons I learned from my kid. Cause when he would, he was, he'd be up all the time and I was just got in this state of being exhausted all the time. I never got good night's sleeps. You know what I mean? Wake multiple times a night would wake up the whole thing. And so what ended up happening is like that nighttime felt like the only time I could just be by myself and just kind of unwind, you know, it would be my wife and just kind of, okay. And so I didn't want to give that up. So we would sit there watching shows and I'd be staying up late. Cause I'm like, who gives a shit? I mean, he's going to wake me up anyways. And that's something I regret looking back on it. I wish I'd gone to bed earlier and given up those shows. Cause then I would have had more energy and then I would have been more myself. So that's just a lesson I learned. And so that was one of the big things that I put out there. So, um, yeah, I don't, <laughs> you guys don't even care about that. I get, I get like, I want to respond to the comments and stuff and, and all that, but uh, I didn't anyways. Um, I say, if all you can do is a day, do it. I'll plan to take a sleep day and grow to a real vacation. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I don't mean, I don't mean like take time off from work and then just sleep. Although whatever, but, um, it was really, it's a, it's a mindset. It's a mindset that I'm going to take this week and just really sleep wherever I can, you know, until I get myself caught up. That that was the idea. Um, my kids are 19 and 14 and still trying to get good sleep. Yeah. It's, it's like, that's what I'm saying. You know, when you have kids, it throws your sleep patterns off. And if it throws your sleep patterns off for three, four five years, um, that's a long time. And so it's kind of like I had to re learn how to sleep differently. I, I would say, and things happen. You know, I noticed, um, devoid of being the kids, I don't know, I'm getting older or whatever, but it's all of a sudden I started waking up, say I go to bed. Uh, I started going to bed earlier, so it's a little different. But say I go to bed 10, 10, 30. Um, I started waking up three-ish, let's just say. And uh, so I had to strategize around that, you know, and, and I did. But again, what I'm trying to say is that our sleep patterns change throughout life for different reasons. Kids want to be an obvious one. People a lot of times saying they're depressed, that depression is another one. Um, so there's different factors that can impact your sleep. Menopause, you know. And so what I'm saying, though, the, the idea of the philosophy is to to look at your challenges. I'm, I'm not, I'm not saying, Oh, forget the kids <laughs> just, just sleep. I'm not saying that I'm saying make sleep the most important thing for a week and just sleep any chance you get, you know, make it a priority, find someone to watch the kids and go to sleep. And this sort of approach, um, can make you feel a lot better because it's a foundational component to it. Hope that helps. <laughs>
uh, I care about that. That was super enlightening. Good. Oh, good. I'm glad. I'm glad that helped you. Cause I, the sleep thing to me, you know, I always mention the eight lifestyle habits and, um, you know, it's, sleep is number one to me. I mean, and it's just crazy cause sleep, we don't even know all the, the stuff sleep's involved with. You know what I mean? Like, honestly, because a lot of times sleep, they're just like interviewing people and ask them. And it's like, now that we got brain scanners and all this other equipment, we're really appreciating just how valuable sleep is. So I put sleep as the number one habit that everything else is built on. And I really believe that. So um, we live in a society that, that minimizes the importance of sleep, I think, you know, along with all other things. Because listen, we live in a society where there's a lot of money made off of you being overweight, unhealthy, and unhappy. You know, so you really have to take it upon yourself to do the things and, and value the things at a higher level um, than what we're kind of trained and taught to do, you know, if you want to have the life you want to lead, you know. How to avoid urges to binge when on a calorie deficit? Great question. Um, it's okay. Can't make the best choices tired. It's just true, right? Um, that's so true. So, um, yeah, how to avoid urges to binge when on a calorie deficit? Um, you know, I always, people always say this, how do I deal with binges, you know, when I want to binge? And I always say, without even knowing any details, the, the top two things, the first one by a mile is stop starving yourself. You know, you're probably binging because you're getting too hungry and then you can't think about when we don't eat, right? When we start starving ourselves. And, and what I mean by starving, starving ourselves is relative. Understand that, okay? So if you're typically eating 2,500 calories a day and you start a diet and you go down to 1,200, that's 50% less calories than you normally eat. And your body freaks out. And now every cell of your being is screaming out for nutrition. Um, your brain, your vision, your hearing, your smells, your taste. You can see food a mile away. You can hear potato chip bags opening from down the street. You can smell, you know, someone cooking something, you know, <laughs> uh, on the other side of town. So you're, you're, what are you fighting? You know what I mean? Like you're fighting against everything that is you. You know, and then you're trying to use your little prefrontal cortex to, to willpower you against all that. Ain't going to work. So I don't know what kind of calorie deficit you're in, you know. And so if you're asking me, how can I cut my calories by 50% and not binge? I don't know the answer to that. I, I That seems silly to me, you know. That seems like a, not a very strategic approach, which is what I just taught. This was what I talked about at the beginning of the call here is how to manage your hunger, you know. Instead of trying to like, go, again, everyone's impatient. So you cut way too many calories down and you freak out. Not to mention when you cut all those calories out, you activate your fight, flight, or freeze response, which makes you even more impulsive, you know? So it's just, it's a dumb strategy. And so I, I, what, what can I say? I mean, you can't just fix a dumb strategy with some tactic. If you could, then it'd be an okay strategy, but it's a stupid strategy to try and starve yourself and then not eat. <laughs> You know what I mean? Listen, well, how do you lose weight, Jim? Well, you slowly start reducing the calories. You do it strategically, you know, in ways where you feel satisfied, but you've lowered your calories. How do you do that? Well, you learn about food density. Look up volumetrics if you want, if you don't know about that, you know, that's really the, the, the golden road to really mastering your weight is to reduce the calories while keeping the quantity of food the same. Well, how do you do that, Jim? Well, you don't eat a cookie, which has 100 calories in it, and instead you eat a big salad. It's this big that has 100 calories in it. Do you know what I mean? Because it's like, again, we, we tend to think like, oh, it's the calories that are making me full. No, it's the volume of food. It's what is in the food, right? You eat 100 calories of cookie. A, a cookie is just powder. Do you understand that? Like, it's just powder. It feels like it's a chewy cookie because you can cook it into a harder shape. 
But if you look at it before, it's, it's all just powders, you know? And so when it goes in your body, it's just a powder. It's just absorbed. There's nothing going in your intestinal tract, really. You know, it's compared to like when you eat a big salad, fruits, vegetables. There's a lot of fiber there. It goes in your intestinal tract. So, again, you got to be strategic with the eating. Um, my main focus in May is sleep. I need better nighttime routines. Yeah. Hey, listen, it took me, it took me a couple years to move my bedtime up. You know, again, sleeping is people, oh, I'm just going to go to bed earlier. No, you're not. Maybe one night. Your sleeping is one of the most like hypnotic behaviors you have. You know, it's just, it's a, it's a routine. It's a habit, you know? And so it's very subconscious. So to change your bedtime takes a while. So that's a smart move done. Yeah. Um, you are very correct. I'm in a big deficit and feeling like going crazy. Yeah, I get it. And I know because you're, you're in a rush, you know, but Jesus Christ, how many times have you been in a rush and it hasn't lasted, you know? So what am I saying? Just slow it down. I, again, th- th- I, I say this a lot, but because it's the, the core distinction you need to get. You need to get off the, the weight loss train, get off the path of weight loss because it's coded all fucked up. Like, like I, I can't even go through all the reasons why it's messed up. I'm just going to tell you, get off the weight loss train and get on the weight mastery path. Okay, because again, let me ask you, how long do you want the weight to come off for? How long do you, when you lose it, how long do you want it to stay off for? Right? I hear you all saying forever, but you're not acting like that. You're acting like, I just want to lose it. Well, why? What's your rush? What if you do it slow and it takes you twice as long, but it lasts a hundred times longer? You know what I mean? And I don't blame you. It's not your fault because you're just conditioned with the diets. I mean, if you think about it, right, it's like you have probably... We've probably all seen like like literally millions of diet ads in our lives, right? It's probably in the ballpark. And they're all about this short term, how fast can I lose the weight before and after picture, you know? You got to get off of that and you got to start realizing, I want to I live at my goal weight forever, you know? I don't want to just lose weight. I want to get to my goal weight and live the rest of my life there forever. That's what I want. And just that, that even just articulating like that starts you down a whole different path in a different mindset. You know, you're like, yeah, that's what I want. Whew, because all of a sudden you relax, right? There's so much stress and tension with your weight loss. Why? What the fuck? What is your rush, man? What are you rushing for? It's the rushing that's got you, like, you're never going to do it. You're just, oh, I got to lose weight. I'm just not going to eat. I'm not going to eat. I'm going to exercise too. I'm, I'm going to do, it's like, oh, Jesus, that seems fucking terrible. <laughs> never mind the weight loss. That seems like a horrible way to live. Count my calories. You can have it, you know? I'm here. It's like, I I think the funniest thing to me, I remember a couple weeks ago, someone started the program and um, I was doing a webinar. I get to the end. I was talking about the program and uh, how they can get started with it. And they're like, it was right before Easter. And they're like, okay, so let me get this straight. I'm going to have to start because the next day was Friday. And like, so let me get this straight. If I I get the program tonight, I'm going to start tomorrow with my meal plan. I'm going to start. And I was like, what? No. No, you're just going to start a meal plan. You're going to start a meal plan like two days before Easter and you got family coming out. Like I wouldn't start a meal plan anyways. Okay. I was like, you're going to start the program. You're going to start tomorrow morning with a five minute hypnosis session. Can you wake up tomorrow five minutes earlier and just listen to a five minute hypnosis session where you get to relax? <sighs> Calm your body down. Bring your attention inside your body. Here's some real positive suggestions hear a real positive weight loss mantra that's going to help you. How's that feel? Oh, yeah, that feels, that'd be nice. You know, 
then use a simple technique at night, two minute technique to kind of relax, go over your day, prepare yourself for tomorrow. Then if you want to listen to a 10 minute sleep gnosis session with another core weight loss mantra as you drift off to sleep, you know, (laughs) make it enjoyable. You don't have to kill yourself to lose weight. You know, as a matter of fact, you can't kill yourself to lose weight long term. You know, just calm down, relax, enjoy the process. <laughs> enjoy the journey, man. Lesson by a little, little a day until you don't binge. It works rather all at once. Yeah, Don. Don knows. Smart. Everyone tries to reach fast results, try slow results. Yeah. Now, again, even that's a funny one, right? Like the fast, I want fast results. But the the irony is that your obsession with fast results has caused you to get the slowest results. (laughs) Right? You know what I mean? Like, Like you're just so obsessed with shortcuts that you haven't gotten anywhere. You know as little about weight loss now. You know, I always say this, right? You've probably been trying to lose weight for decades. And you know as little about how to lose weight now as you did before you started your first diet. That ought to be fucking sober. Yeah, you're right. You're right. I've no idea. No idea what to do. Let's be honest. You want to lose 50 pounds? You don't even know how to lose five pounds. You're flummoxed. You have no idea. You know? So what are you going to do? <laughs> I'll tell you what you should do anyways. Go to my bio and click that link and get the hypnosis session I give you. At least you can experience that. That'll get you fired up in a whole different way that you've never experienced. And I give you a training, three steps to master your weight. You ought to watch it if you even care which you probably don't because <laughs> again, you've been thinking about weight loss for so long that, that the more accurate description of where you're at is that you wish you would lose weight. You wish you'd magically wake up and just start eating and doing the things to make you lose weight, but you don't actually want to lose weight. Your motivation to actually do much to make it happen is pretty low, right? You're just stuck. You can't get yourself to do anything with any sense of consistency, right? So, if you have any real desire to want to lose weight, you should go click that link at the hypnosis session. It's free. And then go watch the training. That's what I would suggest. <laughs> uh, imagine that. Enjoy the process. Or imagine that. Because <laughs> again, how long do you want to keep the weight off for? Right? Is that true? I rush because I'm so mortified to be looking the way I do. I'm trying so hard to accept it. You don't have to accept how you look right now. Do you know what I mean? Like you, you, it's, it's, a, it's a funny thing, right? There's a great Carl Rogers quote. He was a therapist and he said, as soon as you accept yourself, then you can change, right? So it's kind of this paradox. But it's like, you don't have to accept your, this as your final form, you know? But you do want to accept, listen, I don't like the weight I'm at, but I know this is an NLP presupposition is that people make the best choice available, and so I'm telling you, the reason you're struggling with your weight is because all sorts of probably traumas that you've experienced along, along your life. And, and, and you don't have to be, you don't have to have the intense traumas to be traumatized. You know, just being overweight in this culture is traumatizing, you know? So there's all these traumatizing. You have your act, overactivated sympathetic nervous system, you know? And it's that mortified, mortified is, is again, it's a word we use to describe a sympathetic response. It's just this very anxiety induced feeling. And you're walking around that way all the time. And every time you think about your weight, it feels more that way, you know? So what I'm suggesting to you is that you recognize that. Listen, all of you, every time you think about your weight, you're activating your sympathetic fight, flight, or freeze response. Every time you think about your weight, you go into a state of stress and anxiety, you know? Because you think about, you don't like how you look, and you think about all the times you try to lose weight and it's been unsuccessful and that stresses you out. And so it's just, you're, you associate stress 
to weight loss. And it makes you not want to think about it, you know, and avoid it. So the first thing we want to do is just relax. Do it right now. I mean, calm down. You never relax. I know you don't because no one does, you know, pretty rarely. And so it's kind of just relaxing the body, you know, relax them shoulders, push them down, relax your chest, your stomach, your face, your jaw. Uh, breathe more fully. Doesn't that feel better? Once you do that, you activate your parasympathetic nervous system. You allow the blood to go back up to your brain, to the prefrontal cortex, where you can start thinking more clearly. You know? And then you're less likely to rush. Does it matter if I'm not losing weight on the scale, but I can see my body changing? Yeah, absolutely. That's great. You should pay attention to that. But um, I'm, I'm weightlifting. Yeah, yeah, great. What I focus in more on when I say is I like to focus on the process. You know, there's the process and there's the outcome. And so, yeah, I mean, I'm looking at the outcome. I'm, I'm checking that out, but that's like 10% of my energy. I really am fixated on the process. And so, for example, if it's lifting weights, maybe that's one of the ways you want to go down. I'm not worried about how I look, especially in the short term. I'm focused on how often am I going and lifting weights, you see? And when it comes to weight loss, again, strategically, what am I looking to do, right? So again, I always suggest picking your worst habit and focusing on that. And so if I say my worst habit, and my worst habit was eating at night. And so what I first did is I really fixated on that. And so if I didn't eat at night and I went, I was going to bed and I didn't eat at night, I was celebrating the hell out of that. I didn't give a shit what the scale said. I was like, yes, I did it. And it wasn't even that hard. All right. And then I woke up the next morning. I'm like, what did I do last night? Well, I got to eat. All right. Look at me. I did it. That was great. Let's do that again. You see? So I was fixated on the process that I knew would lead to the outcome I wanted. But listen, with weight loss, especially in the beginning, it's unpredictable. You know, so if all you're looking at is the scale and you go a couple days, a couple weeks and the weight's not coming off the way you thought, which it never does pretty much. Um, and if it does, then it's not going to come off the second two weeks that it will, that you will, you know, everyone's body's a little different. But it's like if all you're fixated on is the weight, you're almost guaranteed to get discouraged and you're going to quit. So again, if you fix it on the process, what am I doing? And how easy was it for me to do it? That's what I always focused on. And that's where I got my sense of success from is looking at that. I can't stop binge eating and thinking about food. Um, yeah, I'm going to guess, CS, that it's because you're trying to, you're not eating enough. I would guess. Again, the two main triggers of binge eating, number one by a mile is not eating enough, trying to starve yourself to lose weight. And then you are, get so hungry you can't control yourself. And that's number one by a mile. And then the second one's emotional, right? You, you don't know how to deal with some intense emotions that are in you. And so you turn to food. Those are usually the two big binge um, causers. Right? You're so right. I lost all my weight four times, 600 calories a day. Oh God. And then I immediately gained it back. Yeah. So it's like, you know, again, but don't, don't regret that. Don't, don't be mad that that happened. Learn from it. Okay. The, the brain gives up pain for learning. Okay. So learn from your mistakes and tweak, learn from them, and then change your process moving forward. Okay. So do something different as you move forward from the learnings and the wisdom you gained from the mistakes you made. That's how we move forward in a, in a healthy way, an effective way. Yep. Um, part of the problem is feeling like you have to be as efficient as possible rather than progressing. That's totally true, Kristen. That's very true. Yeah. You got to rechange that again. That, that's what, like in my program, you know, each, it's at eight weeks, right? So every morning there's a, a five minute session and every morning it's different which is important actually. Um, and you're always getting these positive weight loss mantras. At night, the 10 minute session, each week there's one because that one has to be reinforced a lot because that's a core weight loss mantra. But what you're saying is one of the core weight loss mantras, this idea of uh, progress over perfection, you know, that you don't need to be perfect to lose weight, that 
and, and again, that's the, that's the bullshit about the diet mentality that you got to be perfect, you know, and it's so wrong. You know, you don't have to be perfect. You just need to progress because when you get into the progression mindset and on that path, then you can progress forever. I'm at the exact same weight. I've been the same way for 30 years, right? I dropped 54 pounds, which is, you know, oh, oh, great. I don't give a shit about that. I care the fact that I have maintained it for 30 years. I won a little blip 10, you know, 12 years ago. Um, and that was it. It's the same way. I don't diet. I don't even work out. Okay. I don't like exercising. I've started to do more resistance and exercise stuff for other reasons other than weight loss, but it's been 30 years of mastering my weight with zero like calorie burning exercises. I do yoga, but it's a very, very gentle yoga. I'm not burning much calories than you would when you sit on the sofa. I'm hardly moving. So it's all about mastering what I'm eating, you know, and that's how I approach it. And so here I am. How do I do it? Because I'm not trying to be perfect. I'm just always progressing, always getting better. And, um, Again, it's kind of that philosophy, right? 1% improvement every day over a year. It's not even 365%. It's like, I, don't, I forget the number now. It's like 10,000% because, you know, the way, you know, improvements work at 1%. It's not just 1% each day. It's 1% on the 1% improvement of that day before. You, you know what I'm saying? So it's this compounded improvement, you know, that happens. But that's the secret to mastering your weight. Exactly right there, Kristen. So, yeah, I know it's hard to kind of rethink that way, but that becomes a core part of the process. You see, you're never going to succeed losing weight the way you think you're going to do it. Einstein said this, right? He said, the same level of thinking that created the problem can't solve it. So there's no way in your mindset now, your diet mindset, there's no success in that scenario. The success comes when you break free of that mindset. You know, you're in, a, you're in an invisible mental prison to think like a dieter. And that's what's keeping you trapped at your weight that you're at. And there's no freedom from it. You have to break free of that way of thinking. You have to break free of that mindset. That's the most important. The most important factor of your weight is your mindset. More important than your genetics, your hormones, your menopause, your metabolic disorder, your diabetes, your Hashimoto's, any of it. Your mindset's more important than any of it. And you never learn how to deal with it. You know? Um, right? My whole program teaches you how to deal with your mindset. Um, you absolutely changed how I view food. Companies goal to get us addicted the struggle is real yeah it's true again watch the insider which was about the cigarette whistleblower you really should watch that because that's what's going on with the food get on the front end of that thing because you'll be dead just like the cigarette smokers that didn't know it caused lung cancer how many people died because they didn't know that you know well how many people are going to die because they don't realize the food's killing them you might know it kind of like maybe in some vague intellectual sense but you're not feeling that you know you don't have the clarity of how damaging these foods are. Now, again, the foods aren't damaging a little bit of them. I always make this point that like even the, you got to understand how much money is being made off of you not really realizing how damaging this food is to us, okay? But even the idea of spiking our blood sugar, spiking our glucose levels, right? So every time you eat food that has a lot of sugar in it or flour in it, you, um, Oh, the book, The Pleasure Trap. I'll read that. that I got the greatest recommendation from TikTok Live, and I, I loved it. It was The Willpower Instinct, which I thought was so great. But The Pleasure Trap, I will get that. Um, so spiking your blood glucose levels, right? You, you understand what that is. And so there's high glycemic foods, right? And they're usually processed foods, typically, or foods with a lot of sugar in them um, or flour. And so if you think about it, right, the number one source of, of calories for adults in America is baked goods. And so the flour and sugar is a huge part of this. And so we spike our blood sugar. 
And then we have to release lots of insulin to clear it out because spiked glucose, high levels of glucose is toxic and inflammatory. And so now we got to release the insulin to clear it out. Well, our body's not good at that because it's not normal to spike our glucose levels the way we do, you know? And so um, we overshoot the insulin a lot of times and now we crash down the glucose levels. And now guess what? We're tired and hungry. Now we start eating again. And so we always do this back and forth. Um, it's very easy to anyways, right? But to put it in context, in the natural world, like if I dropped you off in the woods, and I said, go spike your glucose levels. You ain't spiking your glucose levels. How? How would you? You know, short of if you stumble upon a beehive, maybe, you know, you ain't spiking your glucose levels. It's not a normal, natural thing to do. And yet we do it all the time now, you know? Some people do it six, seven, eight times a day, you know? And in the natural world, you're doing it a couple times a year, maybe, you know? So it, it's completely unnatural. And yet here we are, you know? And, and again, if you look at the numbers of obesity and, and diabetes in America and the, the increase of it over the years, it's absolutely jaw-dropping. That ain't genetics. It's the food. It's the environment we live in, you know, and the inability to respond to it in a healthy way. And so it all starts with the mindset, you know, but but you can change it. You just need you need a different approach. So, again, I don't know what to tell you other than go to my bio, get that hypnosis session, watch that training. OK, it'll show you how to start thinking in a different way, because if you're stuck, you think you just need to wait till you get mobilized, all that willpower. And I'm telling you, that is 100 percent not it. You need to shift your mindset. So the beauty of my program is you don't even have to be all fired up, motivated. You don't need a lot of willpower because we use strategy. You know, we, we use strategy to help you succeed. Something that no one ever does with weight loss, to be honest. Um, 30 years, you were 10 years old when you lost the weight. Um, I'm almost 50. I was 19. Um, yeah, 19. Now, listen, you know, it, it was just a miracle to me. You know, that's why I, I don't know. I guess I feel some responsibility. I think you all know my story. My my um, my dad died at 54 of a heart attack. I was nine. Um, he was obese, uh, you know, lived on a healthy life. But he's the greatest guy on the planet. You know, I love this guy so much. It was it was the most traumatic thing ever happened to me, you know. And so anyways, I remember it was, oh, I'm, I'm not going to go down that path. You know, 19, you know, 10 years later, I was 54 pounds heavier. I was binge drinking, out of control. And um, I took a semester off from college. And again, this is the part, the universe just smiled down on me. I, I, I don't know how else to explain it. You know, I didn't deserve it. I didn't do anything. Um, I just got exposed literally within that, like a month or two, I got exposed to hypnosis, neurolinguistic programming, Tony Robbins, guitar, martial arts, yoga, meditation, all of those things. And I was just like, they, they just, it made sense. And um NLP, neurolinguistic program, is really the science of modeling, role modeling. And so I would, I began speaking to people that had lost weight and kept it off. And um, that was, that was when, that was just like getting hit, splashed in the face with cold water. I was like, holy shit, they think completely different than I do or the people I grew up around did. And that was really the start of, of all this, you know? And um, yeah, I mean, I was, I went to school, I got a degree in finance and investments. I was going to go to work down in New York, you know, like that was my path. And this stuff just kind of happened. And to put it all off, this is so crazy. I went to Babson was where the school I went to after that. It's a business school. And um, the very first night I went there, orientation they did for like the new students, they had a hypnotist there. It was just, again, I mean, sometimes, you know, I guess life just, you know, lays itself out for you, you know. But anyways, here we are now, you know. The book, The Pleasure Trap. I can't wait to read that. I'll definitely look into that. Have you read You Are the Placebo? 
don't know. Have I? I feel like I did. I, to be honest, I read a lot of books. I usually read about 50 a year. I'm looking. Because you know what I do? Um, I have like a digital brain. and Because uh, I, I read some placebo book. I'm trying to remember what the name of it was. Because I love... I don't have that one. I will check that out too. You're the placebo. Um, yeah, what I do when I read books... I remember I took a speed reading course, which was a big game changer too. And um, so I read books and I write down, I handwrite notes and then I take those notes and I type them into Evernote, which is like a digital notebook, you know? And so that way they are, I can always search my, my books and all that stuff. So anyways, glucose spikes can also lower your metabolism. Oh, uh, can they lower your metabolism? I, I don't know about that. I, I I mean, I don't know, but they're not good for the whole system. Oh, Susan just just thought you looked 40 years old. Well, thank you for that. Um, no, I'm, I'm almost 49, you know? Uh, yeah, it is crazy. I'll tell you, I look at my dad. I look at pictures of him, and I'm just like, you know, because I, I just don't know, you know? Like, he was 54, and it's like, it's weird getting to that. That's a weird one for me, like, getting to 54. not going to lie. But, um, but, yeah, I look at him, I'm like, geez, now, people looked older back then anyways, I will say that, but uh, anywho, I'll take that as a compliment. Tony Robbins, love him. Yeah, I'm a huge Tony Robbins fan. Um, and I actually, that's one of the, I, I'm, I got certified as a strategic coach too, which was his program he did with Chloe Madonna's. It's a great program, but but I'm a huge Tony Robbins fan. He, he's, he's so good. Um, I now do Audible on my daily walk, still listening to Willpower One. Oh, great, great. Yeah, the Willpower Instinct, right? It's so good. Yeah, that's super. Yeah. And listen, listening to like audible books, like listening to that stuff, listen to podcasts, watching documentaries, that's a form of programming as well. You know, so programming your subconscious mind. So that's great. You know what I mean? So, so keep that up. Susan says, I've had a couple of binge eating days, aka abusing myself. I've been listening um, to the mantra, loving myself every cell. Oh, yeah, yeah. Great, great, Susan. And I know, Susan, I know, um, get on the calls if you can, right? Again, Zoom, you can just click that link if you're on a computer uh, or you can dial in. You know what I mean? Call in. Um, let's talk about, let's get you back on track. Cause I know you were sick a little bit and, um, you know, I, I know you were sick. You were sick for a couple of weeks there. So, um, if you want, I'll, I'll restart you the program. Okay. I'll, I'll do that for you. Cause I, I don't want you to, it sucks when you get sick in the middle of something, but, but great job getting on. Again, the binge eating days really don't matter. See, they matter when you I always use this example. And I think this is a good, accurate example that usually the way people approach weight loss, they're always thinking of it as, as a temporary thing. I'm going to diet until I lose the weight. And that causes them to think short term, right? So if I'm going to, it's going to be, you know, temporary, I'm going to do as perfect as possible as I can with it. And so they start to approach their weight loss as if it were a sprint, right? Because when you're talking about different races, the sprint, you need to be absolutely perfect in order to win it. You trip a little bit, you lost, you know? And so that's how people approach their weight loss as if they make one little mistake. Well, that's the point now, you know? But I approach weight loss as a never ending marathon. And I know at first people are like, oh shit, a never ending marathon. Because you're thinking about being like the, the diet. But to me, that takes the pressure off it, you know? I'm going to be doing this forever. So if I have a couple days where I've been overeating, I don't give a shit. As long as I learn from it and get back on track, I don't care. Because I'm looking at it in the span of a year, 10 years, forever, you know? Um, and, and it makes all the difference in the world. So it's no problem, Susan, that you had a couple binge eating days. Especially now, you have to understand, like when you get sick and when you've been sick for a little bit, it throws everything off, you know? So when I get, like, like when all of a sudden my life's upended in, in any kind of way, all of a sudden, like, like someone's sick and I got to go drive in places or whatever. My schedule just gets thrown off. I'm expecting that there's going to be like kind of this blowback food-wise, you know? And it usually happens, you know? So it's like, again, so much of, of in the program, 
it's really about becoming more intuitive and sensitive to how things impact your hunger, your eating, your, your emotions, your motivation, and start to understand that process because then you get more strategic with it, all right? And so, um, so the big thing here, Susan, is remembering that, yeah, we all have binge eating days sometimes, but for you, that mantra, um, I love every single cell of my body, you know, that's such a great mantra. And that one for you is making a big impact. So that's one you almost want to highlight, you know, and really start reinforcing and using it, especially when you feel kind of down, you know, you, you use that mantra. That's the point of the mantras, you know, is it become balancing. Cause a lot of times, like when we feel like shit about ourselves, we don't just feel like shit. You understand folks? This is what I'm trying to tell you. Like th this is the part you don't understand because you're subconsciously oriented. You're primarily on autopilot. All of us humans are right. Anatomically, the part of you that you, that is conscious and your willpower is and it's logical is your prefrontal cortex. It's about 10% of your brain. The other 90% of your brain is all running on autopilot, which means you are running on autopilot. You're not this conscious, wise creature always making intentional, conscious choices. I think you know that, but you're not at all. You're making a couple conscious choices. Again, just food alone is 200 decisions a day subconsciously, you know? So, um, when you, when you feel like shit in whatever capacity you feel like shit, you don't just feel like shit. What's going on is you're saying things to yourself. You say, Oh, why'd I do that? Why do I keep screwing up? Oh, I'm never going to get this. I'm all, I screwed up again. Just like my mom said, uh, whatever you got this conversation you're saying, a voice in your head, making you feel like shit. You're following a subconscious recipe to feel like shit. That's what I'm trying to tell you. You have no awareness of it, but I promise you you're doing that. And so as you develop the awareness of that, that's all, oh, that's how I feel like shit. <laughs> then you start to simultaneously almost a work on how can I feel better, you know? And so it's a, it's a two part process. It's, it's kind of recognizing how you make yourself feel like shit. And then it's simultaneously working on how do I make myself feel better? What do I say to myself? Who do I kind of connect to? And that, that's part of the process as well. Um, Stacey says, do you know how much apple cider vinegar I should take before eating and how far in advance to drink it? I don't know. Apple cider vinegar before eating? I've kind of vaguely heard that. I don't know what that's all about. What's that do for you? I, I couldn't answer that. I've walked two and a half miles while watching your live this afternoon. Hey, all right, Kristen. That's what I'm smart. Yeah. So we call that habit stacking, right? So you take, you know, you, you can really maximize the habits that you do. That, that's a, what we teach in the program, right? There's eight core habits, but you can do it with all sorts of things. You know, really kind of like making your, your good habits more valuable by stacking other things on top of them. Great job, Kristen. So you worked out your body and your mind all at once. Um, Susan says, I'll call tomorrow. Thanks, Jim. Yeah, yeah, Susan, definitely. Um, <laughs> gross. <laughs> I'm going to say that's for the apple cider vinegar. Oh, it prevents insulin spikes. I don't know. I mean, you know what prevents insulin spikes? Is not creating glucose spikes. You know, you got to be careful of this. Listen, we live in a culture where it's, it's, we, we have a medical system and we have a whole society that focuses on treating the symptoms, not finding the cure. You know, I get people like, oh, what do you think about Zempic? What do you think about the injections? Well, the injections are just to help your body produce more insulin for more of the glucose spikes you're going to do. It always reminds me, there's a commercial and it used to get me like, like, like violently angry. I used to get so mad at it. And it's the one where that guy goes to like a fair and he's eating all the bullshit. And all of a sudden it's like, they, they, it was like whole like heartburn and he just feels like shit inside. Right. And so what's the solution, right? It's take some 
something that coats it all and makes it go away, you know? And it's like, I remember my dad used to always drinking that shit, the Pepto-Bismol stuff, right? And um, I wish my dad didn't do that. I wish he didn't eat the shit in the first place. You know what I mean? So it's like, be careful of treating the symptoms. And I don't know about apple cider vinegar, but um, I would much rather eat foods that cause a slow, steady increase of glucose, which is fruits, vegetables, unprocessed foods, natural foods, whole foods. You know, that's what I want to do most of the time. And then I'll have times for pleasure as well where I'm spiking things. I don't give a shit, but it's just, it's so occasional that it just doesn't make a big difference. But that, again, I want to find cures. Not, not, I don't want to just slap band-aids on to, to big problems. Just be careful of that. Um, yeah, it keeps your blood sugar from spiking. Yeah. Um, French people eat a lot of baked goods. Yep. How, how do they still thin? Um, yeah, that's a, that's a theory, right? Um, but I, you know, again, we got to be careful of that, especially thin people. I can eat whatever I want. Um, people, you know, just generally have a very low awareness of what they're eating. You know, why are French people thin when they eat a lot of baked goods? Um, I mean, I don't know. You know, there's the theory that they eat a lot of natural foods though. You know, they're not just eating baked goods. Yeah. They eat the bread and the, and the croissants. We see that, you know, um, but they eat a lot of other foods, you know, and the, the theory is that it's a lot of natural foods. It's not a couple steps removed from nature. You know, whereas in America, we eat a lot of our foods through you know, coming boxes and bags and they're hyper processed, you know, and so there's a lot of factors that go into it. And I, I couldn't, you know, pretend to answer all those right now. But, um, yeah. Yeah. So, you know. All right, well, I'm going to get out of here. But, uh, yeah, feel free to go get that hypnosis session. Now, if any if anything has inspired you here, remember, you got to go further with it because it's not enough just to get some information, some awareness. Yeah, they walk a lot, too. There's a lot of reasons. I'm just I'm kind of burning out right now. But I'm going to go know them. Um, yeah, I'll tell you about the program real quick, too. Um, because, again, I, I will tell you, I believe this wholeheartedly, that my program... Hey, I always say, I joke around, it's the number one weight mastery program, <laughs> but it's the only weight mastery program as far as I know, because everyone's just focused on weight loss, you know, and I'm really focused on you creating a process that allows you to master your weight. And so that really starts, it's, it's a completely different path because usually weight loss is about what you don't want to be. I don't want to be overweight, you know? Um, and so what, what this process of programming yourself tends about, it's really starts by identifying who do you want to be, you know? Who do you want to be? What's the best version of you possible? Because I believe you got to take your weight loss and wrap it in personal development. You know, um, you don't have any biological mechanisms to want to lose weight. It's the exact opposite. Your all, your entire biology and, and mindset want to gain weight because you you still believe there's not going to be enough food. You know, now we live in this environment where there's a ton of food. You know, so um, I think it's important that you reframe this weight loss process weirdly by making weight loss almost secondary, you know, um, and instead making the main focus, I want to be the person I want to be. And a good way to kind of identify this is, is relationship wise. Maybe you want to be the best parent possible, the best partner possible. Um, the best, you know, maybe you run a business or you love your work and you want to be the best worker possible, you know, whatever is important to you in your life and that you value highly, I would suggest making it about that. Right. So that's what the program is different, right? So, so it's all about being the best version of you possible. And I'm going to assume the best version of you possible is the one that is at your goal weight, the weight that makes you the healthy, healthiest and the happiest. Okay. And so how do we do that though? Right. That's the key thing. So the core part of the program is the program yourself in technique. It's a two minute self-hypnotic programming technique you use every night. 
and you use it's really two technique the redo rehearsal so you use this every night and this becomes kind of like brushing your teeth keeps your teeth clean and it's a process you use every night whether you eat like shit or whether you eat great you're still brushing your teeth this process is kind of like that mindset wise it gives you an anchor point and this is so important because whether you have a good day or whether you have a bad day you know you're going to come back to the same place and if you had a good day you're going to reinforce it if you had not a great day then you're going to learn from that and get ready to succeed starting tomorrow and this process gets you set up to each and every day just get better and better and better, you know? And so you end up, there's a saying that people overestimate how much weight they can lose in a month and underestimate how much weight they can lose in a year. So this takes advantage of that. This really sets you up for long-term success. And so each and every day when you're using this technique, you're clarifying and connecting to that ideal version of you. You see, like you don't even know who you want to be. You never think about it. And so as you start to make this a main focus of you day after day, you start to clarify who that person is and you start to connect to it and it starts to feel really good. You start to say, I want to be that version of me. That's who I want to be. And so the important part of this process is that it's pleasure-based, you know? So you start making healthier choices. You start doing healthier things because you associate it with pleasure. Change the entire process. So that's the core part of it. And um, then there's also a workbook. Uh, there's three pillars of weight mastery, your mindset, your lifestyle, and your eating. And so I like to make the pyramid shape. Mindset's on the bottom, then lifestyle, then eating on top. And so the secret of mastering your weight is that you need to come up with your own strategies. See, with weight loss, people are just, they've gotten so conditioned to just be like, oh, just tell me how to eat. You know, a person's never met them, they don't know, and just, oh, I'm just gonna eat that way, you know? No, you gotta come up with your own, you're a unique person, unique situation, genetics, lifestyle, preferences, and you need to create mindset, lifestyle, and eating strategies based on who you are, ones that work for you. You know, then that way you get a plan that fits you like a glove and that makes it easier to continue with, you know, because it's you, it's a reflection of you. And so you figure that out. So again, there's two things to master your weight. You need to know what to do and you need to be able to get yourself to do it. And that's what that we're talking about here. The workbook lets you know what to do based on what you want to do <laughs> built around your strengths and the program yourself then technique programs your subconscious mind to actually do it day in and day out. So that's the core of the program. Supplements to that are a lot of hypnosis. And so I deliver the program through your phone. And so that's the key point, right? So I, gotta, I wanna weave and embed the program right into your life right from day one. And so as soon as you sign up, you download an app and um, tomorrow morning you wake up and every day for the next eight weeks, there's a morning session, you know, five minutes. So you listen to that and you're starting every day off relaxed and calm getting these positive suggestions. So it starts to train you to think differently. It starts to train you to feel more relaxed and calm when it comes to your weight and your eating. It's completely new for people. And so um, that goes on. And then again, you, you practice with the technique at night, you get another reminder. Um, and then you get a sleep gnosis session, which is a 10 minute session at night. And you can listen to it as you go to sleep. There's no count out, or you can listen to one at like seven o'clock that does have a count out. So you listen to that 10 minute session. So you're bookending your day now with hypnosis sessions and suggestions that really change the way you think, you know? And um, that really, really helps, you know? There's a hypnosis library with another 25 sessions in it as well. Um, there's some bonus programs that go along with it. And then the other core part of the whole thing is that with that program, at least right now as a bonus, there's two days of coaching calls a week. So every Tuesday and Thursday, you can get on a call with me. We could do a Zoom call and um, I work directly with you, you know? And uh, yeah, that, that's a key thing is I help you create the strategies that, that really are for you, you know? Uh, and so it's about, it's not about how much weight you can lose in eight weeks. I wanna make that clear. It's about creating a process that really, really works for you, that you love doing. 
that you want to do forever, right? And that makes everything different. And so all of a sudden, you know, it sets you up for forever success. That's the point. And that's the point of the program. So yeah, if you want to learn more about it, again, go click that link on my bio, go get the hypnosis session, but watch the training. Okay, it's about a half hour or so, three steps to master your weight. And then at the end of that, I talk about the program in detail and um, I make you a special offer. Okay, so don't buy from the website. You can save almost 50% um, by watching that training and getting it through there. Okay, so if you're serious, that's what you want to do. Um, now's the day to do it. Monday's a great day to start. You would start tomorrow morning. Now you get into the program instantly. Into the, there's a membership site that you get lifetime access to. And for eight weeks, you get that app right on your phone coming at you. Um, and then tomorrow, you know, we do a call at three o'clock, um, Tuesday and Thursday, three o'clock, you know, we all get on there and, and get better. Yes, we have to eat. We enjoy even when healthy eating or forget it. Yeah, absolutely. All right, everyone. So I, I really appreciate it. Thank you so much for listening. I hope that you've had a great day and enjoyed this and, uh, we'll talk soon. Bye.